Welcome to Clutter to Clarity, the podcast where we transform chaos into calm. I'm your host, Heather Ann, and I'm here to guide you to a more intentional and clutter-free life. Whether you need help decluttering your physical space or seeking clarity in your mindset, each episode is packed with expert tips, personal insights, and inspiring stories. So grab your favorite beverage, get cozy, and let's dive into another episode of Clutter to Clarity. Hello, and welcome to episode number four of Clutter to Clarity. I am your host, Heather Ann, and today I will be sharing with you how to declutter things you have spent money on. Decluttering can be challenging, especially when we're letting go of things that we have invested in financially. There is a lot of psychological struggle with parting with belongings that we spent money on and the misconception about its potential future value. But here's the thing, the money is already gone. You can't get it back unless you can actually go return it to the store. It is already gone. And so what I wanna recommend that you do starting out, uh, sort of first tip is to change your mindset around it. Instead of thinking about the money that is spent and gone, Think about the joy and purpose that the item brings. Does it still make you happy? Does it have a purpose in your life? Because if it doesn't, then I want you to emphasize then the value that you're going to get from a clutter-free space and how instead of thinking about taking away that you're taking away this item, think about the fact that you are freeing up your space to allow room for something that means more to you, that is going to make you happier or have a better purpose for you. Also focusing then is how can that item then bring someone else joy? If you're not using it and it's not making you happy, it would be better served to go bring joy or be useful to someone else. So shifting your mindset around that, really going away from the focus of, oh gosh, I spent money on this, therefore I have to keep it, even though I don't use it, (laughs) really is going to be able to help with parting with things that you have spent money on. Now, before I get too much farther into this, I do want to point out that this is sort of advanced level decluttering. When you are first getting started with decluttering, really pick the easy stuff first. Focus on the things that are easy to get rid of. You want to build that decluttering muscle up before you start deep diving into things that are harder to part with, like things that you spent money on, sentimental items, that sort of thing. All right, next tip, start small. And that kind of goes with what I just said. Don't jump in to the hard stuff first. Do not pull out the old family photo albums as the first thing you're going to work on decluttering. Decluttering uh, by its very nature can be extremely overwhelming. Unfortunately, in this country, the United States is where I am. So apologize if you are not here, but a little peek into US. A lot of people in the US own uh, far more items than they really need. And that's kind of the nature of a consumer-oriented community. And I think more and more parts of the world are becoming like that, unfortunately. So when you are getting started on decluttering, go with the easy stuff first and also start with a small area. So start small, a drawer, a closet, a shelf, your side table in the living room, something like that. And then gradually expand to bigger and bigger areas. Small, consistent, actions are going to really help you over the long term rather than massive purges. Massive purges, A, rarely work out well. You almost always bite off more than you can chew. So you wind up starting 
more things than you can possibly finish in the amount of time that you have allotted for it. And they also, even if you happen to successfully do them very quickly, they do nothing for shifting your mindset. I really firmly believe that the small, consistent things that you can commit to every day and every week are going to help you long-term far more in terms of decluttering and keeping clutter for your home than any big, massive purge. So start small. In terms of the actual act of decluttering, the four box method works really well. It does not need to be a box. It can be boxes, bags. You could have cubbies in a cabinet, but four containers or vessels. So you have your keep. It's something that you plan on keeping, but it doesn't have an away yet. Ultimately, everything you own should have a place where it can be put away. It is hard to tidy up and put things away when things don't have an away. So having a keep box where it's something that you are planning to keep, but you don't really know where away is yet. So that's your keep box. Your donate box, I think that's self-explanatory, the things you're going to donate, whether that's take it to the thrift store or give it away on your local buy nothing group. We'll talk more about those options in a minute. Sell. I think there is nothing wrong with selling your items. And trash. Obviously, the trash does not need to be a box. It can be an actual trash can. (laughs) So categorize items accordingly, considering their condition, right? If something is kind of ratty and you're not using it all the time, go ahead and get rid of it. And its utility, are you actually using it? Is it useful to you? Having these four sort of piles or boxes is really useful when you're going through a space because you can quickly sort the things into those four piles, get rid of the trash, set the donate things aside and make a plan on whether you're gonna take them to the thrift store or whatever, set your sell things aside and make a plan for selling them and then your keep things, then you can sort it down to just the things you need to pay attention to. Now, where do these things need to be put away. If you have something that you want to keep, but you don't have an away for it, one of the questions to ask yourself is when I next want this, where would I look for it? And then think about how to incorporate that item into the space where immediately popped in your head. Oh gosh, take an example. The roller thing that you use to de-lint your clothing. Are you going to look for that by the front door or would you maybe look for that in your closet? So think about where you would look for it and then go put it away, whatever the item is. All right, quick note about selling your items. I don't think there is anything wrong with trying to sell off your extra items. A couple of considerations. You want to immediately schedule it, like immediately get into the process of selling it. Don't set it aside to sell later. Later is not your friend. (laughs) It's not going to help. Maybe you set a benchmark. As soon as I have five things that I want to sell, then I will schedule time to sit down and sell them. Or I will schedule time every Saturday morning or every other Saturday morning to sit down and deal with things that I want to sell. There's a lot of online platforms. The most common, and for me personally, I use Facebook Marketplace a lot, especially for bigger items. But if something is smaller and kind of either valuable or collectible and is easily shippable, then I will use uh, eBay for selling things. Do a little research to find a reasonable price point for what you sell it with, but also on that reasonable price point, determine what price point is worth your time. It's probably not worth your time unless you work from home and you just have a lot of spare time. It's probably not worth your time to sell a bunch of things online that are worth $5 or less. But you need to set that. It could be, I won't bother with selling anything that's worth 
less than $20 or that's worth less than $50 or that's worth less than $100. However you value your time, however much time you have to, to spend on that, then set a price point and anything less than that set price, go ahead and donate it. Now, there's a couple ways to donate. So our most common that people think about is we're going to put in a box, we're going to take it to our local charity, whatever charity, every community usually has several different options. That obviously is the probably the fastest and easiest. You just put everything in a box once a week or once a month or however many times you need to. You load it up in your car while you're already out on errands. You stop by the little uh, drop-off spot and you set the boxes out. You get your receipt if you itemize your taxes and, and you're off. Um, and that's a great way to, to donate things. One of the things I really love, but unfortunately it is not available to everyone in all areas, but I strongly encourage you to look to see if it is in your area, are something called Buy Nothing Group. And even if there is not a specifically official Buy Nothing Group, there's often uh, still like a buy, sell, trade group. But a Buy Nothing Group is strictly gift economy. You would post something on their gift, blah, 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 whatever, piano bench cover or Christmas pajamas or whatever it is that you're getting rid of. And then people will comment on it and say that they want it and you select one of them and they come and pick it up from you. One of the things I love specifically about buy nothing groups, that sort of official buy nothing group is they are hyper local. So you really do get to know your neighbors. They are hundred percent gift economy. You gift with no um, expectation and you also can post asks and receive with no expectation whether you're giving it away and buy nothing or donating to a charity we're reducing waste um, but one of the things i really like about the buy nothing specifically is, is it is also community building because you really do get to know your neighbors it uh, helps with sort of the mindfulness around moving things out of your home and in terms of sentimental clutter it's not the item necessarily that's sentimental, right? It's the story the item reminds you of that is sentimental. I don't want to get too deep into the sentimental items thing because that's a topic for a whole other day. But if everything is sentimental, nothing is sentimental. So I strongly encourage people and my clients to focus on being extremely intentional about keeping things that are sentimental. But just because something has a story related to it doesn't mean that I want to keep it forever. But with the Buy Nothing group, it's really lovely because I'm able to not only gift the item to someone, I'm able to gift the story. And I've had so many wonderful connections with people in my own Buy Nothing group in gifting items that don't necessarily have enough of a sentimental significance to me to keep. But being able to share the story out, and I don't know how many people have told me, that they basically plan to keep that story attached to the item as they pass it on to their own family members. And that's something really special. If you have a buy nothing group in your area, I strongly encourage you to find it. They're on Facebook. Sorry, I don't think I said that already. There is a buy nothing app now. Um, I am not as familiar with it, but if you don't happen to have a buy nothing group that covers your particular local area because they aren't everywhere, then you also have the option to look up the buy nothing app. I cannot speak for whether it has that same sort of community building aspect to it as a Facebook group, because I have not used the app, but strongly encourage if you have one in your area to check it out. So we've talked about the sale stuff, we've talked about the donate stuff, and now we wanna talk about the recycle. So please recycle responsibly. Make sure that if it's plastic, that it actually has the recycling symbol on it and that your recycling center actually takes whatever number is inside of that symbol. 
Most of them take one and two plastics only if they're bottles or jugs, but some of them are more expansive than that. Just check with your particular, if you have curbside or check with your local recycling center. Our local recycling center where I live takes a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, more than what you would think is recyclable. So I also encourage you to whatever place that you take your recycling or that you get your recycling picked up from and other resources in your community, look and see what's available um, because there are a lot of uh, resources available out there. In my community, we have something called Ripple Glass and several of the grocery stores around my city have big recycling bins where you can take glass. In terms of impact of recycling, glass recycling has a tremendous impact, but a lot of curbside recycling services don't like to pick it up because of the risk of it breaking and injuring equipment and their workers. So strongly encourage you to see what recycling options are available for you out there and to make use of them. Some final notes on decluttering things that you have spent money on. We do tend to hold on to clutter because we feel guilty about wasting money on something that we never used or that didn't meet our expectation. This is especially true for items that we bought on an impulse <laughs> or we thought that would make us happy but didn't. That, that could be a topic of a whole other conversation about the dopamine that comes from buying something new and how very quickly that fades off and that new thing that we were super excited about buying, we get home and in five minutes it's like, eh, it's okay. When we buy something, we are not just buying the item, right? We are also buying that promise of happiness, the promise of convenience, the promise of whatever other benefit that we thought we were going to get from that item. And if that item doesn't live up to our expectations, then we can not feel really good about it. We can feel disappointed. We can feel resentful. But then we want to hold on to the item because gosh darn it, I, if I just hold on to it, Certainly at some point, I'm going to get out of it what I thought I was going to get out of it. And you're probably not. <laughs> you're probably not. It is okay to let go of things, even if we have spent money on it. Even if we spent money on it. If it is no longer serving you, it is better to get rid of it and free up that space in your life so that you have room for the things that are the most important to you. And if it's something that you do find out later on that mm, maybe I did need that, eh, I guess you could go buy something new, but I find most of the time you, you find you don't need it. There is a lot of guilt associated with wasted money on unused or disappointing purchases, but that money is already gone, unfortunately. It stinks, right? And so holding on to it is not going to serve you and so twofold there, one, work on decluttering that stuff, but also start to try to be very mindful about what you are buying. One of the things I like to do is during the week, I will, any whim that comes across my mind, I will just put it in my Amazon shopping cart, but I won't buy it. I will leave it there. And maybe once a week, I'll go back to my shopping cart and I will look through and go, why, why did I put that on my shopping cart? I totally do not need that. And I will clear almost everything back out of my shopping cart. It's rare that the things that get dumped in my shopping cart actually get purchased. The other thing that it does is anytime you can delay the purchase, it gives you time to not only think about whether or not you truly need it. Impulse purchases are the worst for acquiring clutter. I also encourage you during that time, think about if I didn't have that item, what do I already own that could serve that purpose, that could do the thing that I want that item to do? 
And if you give yourself space, whether it's 24 hours, 72 hours, whatever, if you give yourself space between the, oh, I want to buy that and the actual buying of it, you will often find that you can come up with creative solutions with the things you already own, or maybe something that costs less money and that has multiple uses during that time and not add that clutter to your life. That's what I've got for you today on how to declutter things you have spent money on with a little bit of a deep dive into how to actually declutter the keep, donate, sell, and trash stuff. Appreciate you being here with me as I start this adventure of a Clutter to Clarity podcast. I will be releasing one episode a week. If you ever have anything in particular that you would love to hear me talk about or share my insight on, please feel free to reach out to me. I've got plans, right? All of us podcasters are supposed to plan out our content, but I am always happy to divert to something that is an actual need from people who are listening to me because that that's literally why I'm here, right? I am not here to hear myself talk in a closet, <laughs> which is what I'm doing. I am here to help you. So please reach out if you have something in particular you would need help with. And in the meantime, I look forward to sharing more with you on the next episode of Clutter to Clarity. As I wrap up today's episode of Clutter to Clarity, I want to extend an invitation to you. If you found value in the discussions on decluttering and creating a more intentional life, would you consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family? Your recommendation can make a real difference in someone else's life. Simply tell them about Clutter to Clarity and how it's helped you. Thank you for being a part of the Clutter to Clarity community. Until next time, remember small, consistent actions add up to big changes. Declutter your life today.